All right. Good morning, Elevation Church. How's everyone doing this morning, by the way? Y'all doing okay? Had a good week? How many is ready to dive into God's Word and on a journey and see where God's going to take us this morning? I know that you are. You're excited about that or you would not be here. Um, this week, I don't know, Denny and I, we were talking. I think he said, what are you going to preach on? And I actually, I thought we were going to go Nehemiah. I'm building that wall, and, and for whatever reason, God, he just kind of shifts gears on you. And, and as I was studying reading this week, I, I, I really, um, we've got, I'm going to go a different direction than that, and I, but God's still going to deal with my heart about, about preaching on Nehemiah. But um, I, I want to ask you before we get started, how many of you, has God ever given you a dream? God ever given you a dream? I'm not talking about when you're a child and you had a dream of becoming a, a fireman or a police officer, a doctor, lawyer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a dream that you know that God has put deep within you and it's burning in your heart. And it's almost as if like, if you don't do it, if you don't do it, it's almost as if like you live under this little bit of guilt, like I, I should be doing this. And we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about bringing it back to life. But before we do that, I'm going to pray that God uses this word. And I'm going to ask you to, to ask yourself and ask God this morning, God, what dreams have you deposited in me? I'm going to give you a moment to think about that. You will know it. And God has been on to you and on to you and on to you about doing something. But for whatever reason, you might not feel qualified or not feel gifted enough. But I want you to ask yourself this question, what inside of me is burning that God has put there? And what, how does it need to come back alive in me? Let's pray. Father, I, I want to thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. God, the sun is shining on the outside of this building this morning. And God, you, the Son of God, is shining right now on the inside. And I pray that, Father, that, that you would shine on everyone this morning. Shine your wisdom on us. And I pray that, Father, that we will begin to understand your love toward us and your goodness toward us and how that, God, that you want only your best for us. And I ask that, God, right now, that you would just reveal what you're wanting to speak to us individually, each individual right now, speak to them. And I pray that God, that when this service is over, God, that they will have a clear vision of God exactly what they need to get back in the race with. That God, you've really truly deposited within them to do. We love you. We praise you. Anoint me this morning, God. I yield myself to you to use me however that you need to use me. I am yours, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Wilma. Amen. Praise the Lord for Wilma. And uh, continue to pray for us as we are navigating through our season. You all feel good? You feel okay? Be patient. We do not want to ever get in a hurry on what God wants to do. Sometimes when you shove a door open, it's, it's usually not good. But God is working, God is cooking, God is up to something, and I'm excited in the days to come. And this is the reason why God birthed this message in me. I, I was, I was uh, talking one, one evening, I think it was Scott, we were out in the parking lot, and we were talking about an auditorium, and he said, you ever, you know, has God ever talked to you about building an auditorium between these two buildings? And I go, yeah, he has. And, um, and we were talking about all of that, and, and then, of course, the, the Cheneys had made the decision that, that, that God was going to move them to a different location and, and do a work in their life, and, and it was after that. And here's what the enemy will try to do to you. He will try to take something like that and, and, and get you off, you know, get you off a little bit, get you unfocused, and, and tries to get you focused back on that. But God has a wonderful way of revealing himself to you to remind you that God has put a dream in you, and God has put a dream in me. And as I was 
pulling off this parking lot the other day, I looked to my right between these two buildings and I saw clear as I'm looking at you, a beautiful auditorium between these two buildings. And you see that, that is God said, listen, I put that dream in you, young man. And God would not put a dream in you if he did not want that dream to come to pass. And so I'm asking you again this morning, maybe God has put a dream inside of you. Maybe to step out of your comfort zone and step it up and do something for the kingdom of God. I don't know what that is. Maybe God has put a dream in you to become a better wife or a better husband and, and, and to grow in him and, and to become a better father to your children. Or, or maybe some of you, maybe you've had a dream of becoming a musician or a singer. Or maybe God has put a dream in you to start a business. And you've not done that yet. And, and that business isn't just a business for you, but it's a business to be a blessing to the community. But something has happened and maybe that dream has stopped. It just died. So we're going to talk about today how are we going to restore what was lost? How are we going to get back what God has put in your heart. And so, you know, God put a dream and a vision in my heart 13 years ago when we started this church. And it was like 2000, I think it was the beginning or the, uh, 2011, when we come onto this property, God gave us a vision. When we come on this property, we bought just this building with one acre. But God showed me that we were gonna buy the property around us. Gail, he showed you God, he showed us all. We were going to buy everything around us. And guess what? We did. That was a dream, that was a vision that God put within us. God showed us the day, that day one when we bought this blue building, that that brown building was going to be ours. Guess what? Today, 13 years later, it is yours. It is ours today. We own this whole entire corner. But, but, but it all started as a dream. So we're going to talk about bringing your dream back to life. Can, you might say, well, I don't have a dream. Well, yes, you do. God has put a dream and a vision inside of every single one of us. But you might say, well, Pastor Green, it's just a dream. It's just a dream, you know. And you settled and you go, well, it's just a dream. And so uh, that's all it was. No, again, God would not put that inside of you if he did not want that to come to pass. And there's one thing I'm learning about a dream. You can either do two things with it. One, nothing, or move on with it. Let me show you scripture in Proverbs chapter 29, verses 18. And I found that, I found this scripture, and, and it, it goes along with what we're going to talk about. If people can't see, if God gives you a dream and you can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. They just push it to the side. But if you take that dream and when they attend to what he reveals, and that's that dream, whatever that that is, they are most blessed. You will be blessed by that. <coughs> and so when you do this, you will either live it out or, or, or you won't let live it out, but, but you will begin to do it whenever you begin to attend to what God has put inside of you. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants to put more dreams and more visions inside of all of us. And we have to grasp that. We have to understand that. And the reason why I believe that is because I truly believe with all of my heart, we are living in the last days. I've heard that all of my life. But I will tell you this. By the foolishness that we have seen our country get involved with, what the government has allowed to happen, laws that are being passed, uh, my brain cannot even begin to understand the foolishness of these laws that they're passing. Totally contradictory to God's word. All in the voice of saying, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Well, you know what? Satan offends us every day. Yes. And we got to understand that we have, uh, we have an enemy, and he is Satan, and he's come to steal, he's come to kill, and he's come to destroy. And when we, when we back away from him, and we give him what he wants, he's going to get everything distorted, confused, and messed up. And we'll start, to, well, we don't want, now, I want to offend Satan this morning. I'm going to be his worst enemy when I wake up in the morning. I want him to tremble because I know that greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world. And you have greater authority and greater power over the enemy. 
but he will try to convince us that we don't. He'll try to shut you down. But God has given us a dream. And let me show you here in Acts 2, verses 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on some of the people. No, on all the people, all of the believers who loves him, right? He's going to pour it out on all the people. And what's going to happen when he does this? This is what's going to happen. Your sons and your daughters are going to what? Will prophesy. Teresa, your daughter's prophesying. Guess what? Amen? She's been prophesied. She prophesies over me. Melissa prophesies over me. These young ladies, guess what? Lisa Hawkins here this morning. Uh, Michael has prophesied over me, church. It's happening. Now, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And I am still seeing visions. I'm seeing visions. Yes. How many seeing visions? Come on. <laughs> I'm still seeing visions, but I have a few dreams every now and then. But we're still going to talk about dreams this morning, okay? So we'll just get it all together. But, but God is doing a new thing. So my point is this. Let's get back the passions of the dreams and the vision that God has put in our heart. And let's, let, let's get it going again. Let's let it come back alive. Because you see, the enemy tried to steal my vision. He tried to get me unfocused on what God's dream was that he put in my heart that I saw 13 years ago. And he'll do it with distractions. He'll do it to try to get you off, off kilter. And I'm going to walk you through this morning and show you how this happens. But so the question we've got to ask ourselves this morning, how do we keep the dream alive? How do we really truly keep that dream alive and not give up? Because the enemy wants you to give up. He either wants you to give up or God wants you to keep going. Because that's what the dream's for, to keep you going. And so here's, here's something that I found, and I realized that, that, that it is a principle that you got to get a hold of. If God is giving you a dream, this is, what, this is what has to happen. Let me show you this truth here. Dreams are always given first. God gives you the dream, but here's what happens next. Long before they become a reality. So there's a gap. There's space between the dream and, and between it, it, it becomes a reality. And so me, as your pastor, my job is to encourage you in the gap. I could have called this message, uh, serving God in the gap. Because that's what life is about. We all live in this gap. Because God has given you a dream, but it's still not come to, come to pass. And so what do we do? You're either going to quit or you're either going to keep moving on. You're either going to believe what God has told you, or you're not going to believe what God has told you. See, God, again, has given me a dream, has given you a dream. He gave me a dream about Elevation Church. But it has taken us 13 years to get that building. But I never gave up. It's God, I kept saying, God's going to give us a building. God's going to give us a building. God's going to, even when you become an elder, God's going to give us a building. We talk, God's going to give us that building. So now he, he's given us the building. And so phase one was to buy this building. Phase two was to buy, to buy this property and build a student center. Phase three was to buy the rest of the property. Phase four was to buy that building. Phase five is going to buy, is going to build the auditorium. Amen. Every phase. But listen, did God give us a dream? Yes. And he's fulfilled every dream. But it takes, there's a gap. There's space that we have to understand. And you have to understand there's space. And you get frustrated because you don't like that space. You don't like that gap. And the enemy, if he's going to mess with you, he's going to mess with you in the gap. Because he's going to try to stop you from achieving the dream that God has for you. Amen. And so, again, my job is to encourage you. And I can't talk about dreams without talking about the dreamer, Joseph. How many remembers the dreamer? And I'm like, we're going to build on Joseph today. And I'm going to show you that there was things that he went through when God gave him a dream at the age 17. But it did not fulfill, it did not become a reality until 13 years later. I thought, wow, that's ironic. 13 years, 13 years. <laughs> but 13 years it took before it became a reality, but God deposited a dream in him. And sometimes dreams will get you into trouble. Now let's take, let's pick up the story here in Genesis 37, 5 and 6. Joseph had a dream. He had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. 
And the reason why I hated him is because Joseph told a dream that God gave him. It was for him. And guess what dream it was? That he was going to rise above. He was going to rule over them. They were going to actually bow down to him one day. And that is not a good dream to tell your brothers. Okay? And I, I'm serious, I was reminded of this too. God gave me a dream that we were going to come here and plant a church. When I moved to town, I started telling people in the community there were pastors didn't like it. You know why? Because they weren't mature enough. They wasn't ready to handle the dream. The dream was too big for them. And the dream was too big for their brothers to understand. But yet it was still a dream <coughs> that God gave Joseph. Now let's keep reading. He said to them, because this is a dream, listen to this dream I had, fellas. We are binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. I'm sure those brothers, well, that's a good dream. We love that dream, Joe. No, they didn't, they couldn't handle it because the dream was too big for them. And sometimes when God gives you a dream, it's big. Oh, come on, that's good. It's a big dream. And sometimes people can't understand it. It's a dream that, that it's a bizarre dream. It's a dream that, 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 that only God and you can put your mind and wrap around it. That's why you got to take the dream and ask God for wisdom. What do I do with the dream, God? You just can't shove it down people's throats. And this is what he was doing. He was shoving it down his brother's throats. But he had this dream. But it was too big for them. But there was space between that dream, and he was in the space. And it's in the spaces when you get into trouble. All they did, they just got mad about it. Let me show it to you. They just get angry about it. Genesis 37 and 19 and 20. Here comes that dreamer because Joseph's dad told him to go out and, and, and take food and check on his brothers while they were working out in the field. So now he's approaching them. Now he comes near to them, and this is what they say. They see him coming. They say, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now. Let's kill him. I mean, you ever want to kill somebody? <laughs> if they tell you something, maybe not that extreme, but they said, let's kill him. They, they wanted to kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say, a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So they throw him in this pit and they're hoping that, that he'll just die in there or an animal come and eat him up. And so here's some things that we can learn about Joseph's dreams. Because if God gives you dreams, we're going to go through these same processes, okay? But first of all, we're going to look at how it affected Joseph, and then we're going to turn around, and then we're going to look at it personally, what we can do with our dreams, okay? And how to stay focused. So I've got actually six points, but actually uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do three and three. So let me give you three truths about Joseph's dreams that you can understand. Because now remember, God has given you a dream. God has given you a vision. Guarantee it. You know you have it. Guarantee it. There's something burning inside of you that you know that God is calling you to do something and you're just sitting still. You're in the gap and not knowing what to do with it. So let me show you what's going to happen. First of all, number one, just because a dream doesn't start well, don't give up on it. For Joseph, it didn't start well, did it? They wanted to kill him. Well, God, you gave me this dream. I thought this was from you. Now my brothers want to kill me, God. Are you kidding me? And here's what we do after God gives us a dream. A lot of times we'll sit there and say, well, I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. God, you must have the wrong guy. Oh, I went down that path a little bit too. I argue with God. God, you must have the wrong guy. There's no way I can do this. And by the way, God, it's just too late. <coughs> it's too late. God, I'm 45 years old. God, it's way too late for me to be a pastor now. Let me tell you something, it's never too late. Never too late. And Paul got a hold of the same revelation. It wasn't too late for him either. And God called, called, got him all messed up on the road to Damascus. Paul was killing Christians, hundreds of them, over and over and over. God calls him, now he's got him, and now he's given Paul a dream. And watch what Paul says here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 2, and 13. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, who's called me to minister to Christians, who's called me to do what I'm doing, who's called me to be the pastor of Elevation, who's called me to work with young people, who's called me to do other things in the ministry, who's called me, right? That he has considered me faithful, appointing me to do his service, even though, even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, 
a mess up. I was so, I'm, I'm messed up here, he said. And a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And so here's what I want you to understand about your dreams, church. Just because you feel like a mess up, just because you feel like a failure, it doesn't stop God's dream. God is there. He will forgive you of all of your sins that you've committed yesterday, all, you, all the sins you commit today, and all the sins you're ever going to commit forever. Amen. You are qualified. You are gifted. God would not give you the dream just because you mess up, just because you sin, doesn't disqualify you from God's dream that he has on your life. He knows we're all sinners. For heaven's sakes, he tells us that. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it doesn't stop his plans. It doesn't stop his dreams for your life. He still has them. You can't mess up enough to stop the dream. Oh, yeah, it may delay the process if you don't be obedient to it. But yet, his dream's still on you. The dream is still there. The dream is still here. He's called me to pastor this church. The dream is still here. We're going to see an auditorium. The dream is still here. Hey, we need, an, we need a gymnasium too. We'll just put a gym right over top of that basketball court. I mean, I mean seriously. Becky said, I saw a dream. God's going to give us all this property behind us. Going to that big old building over there is going to be, you know, I'm like, I received that too. Hallelujah. Let's just take it all. Amen. Joshua, he had, you know, hey, God gave him the whole Jericho. Why can't he get, this is that, nothing for him. Just tear the wall down. But here, watch this now. And when you get stumped, this is what you need to understand. It's not about who you think you are. It's who our God is. It's who, who's your God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. If God says it, blessed be God, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Nobody's going to shut me up. No one's going to calm me down. No one's going to convince me any different. I'm going to keep my eyes on the dream giver. God, amen. So God's dream for your life has never changed, no matter, no matter what you've done or, or think how bad you've messed up. And so number one, just because a dream doesn't, doesn't always uh, uh, start well, you know, don't give up. Don't give up. I, I, let me pause for a second. Do you think everything went hunky-dory for me? Everything was just great? You want to know how many times I wanted to give up? Oh, my gosh. And that leads me to point number three. After you receive the dream, you will have bad days. Now, I know you come for a positive message. I know you really have. But bottom line, you will have bad days. It's going to come. Before you get to the dream, there, there's a process. Again, you're in the gap. Remember that. You're in this space. God gives you the dream. Okay, God, can, can it happen now? No, you're not ready yet. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's one of the points as well. And so, so, but you're going to have twice as many bad days as you're going to have good days. And this happened to Joseph. Joseph had a billion times worse days than he had good days. Let me give them to you real quick. Okay, we know God gives him a dream. He's going to be the most powerful man in the nation next to Pharaoh, right? He's going to be the second in command. God gives him this dream. But what happens right after the dream happens? A bad day happens. He goes to his brother, just wants to take his food, check on him. His brother throws him in a pit to die. And they leave him there. He could either quit or he could have moved on. He could either kept going or quit, but he chose, he chose to keep going. But anyway, so Reuben gets a little bit nervous. He's like, well, well, I can't let him die like this. His older brother goes back, pulls him out of the pit, right? Remember that? And after he pulls him out of the pit, he said, okay, I'm going to sell you these merchants. Merchants come, he sells them into slavery. There's another bad day. Okay, now I'm a slave. This is just great. Does he quit or does he move on? And then he has a continue, another bad day. So they take him into town. They find this dude by the name Potiphar. He's the chief of officer of the, of the palace to King Pharaoh. So they sell him to him. <clears throat> now, he's, now he's pretty much a slave in the house of uh, Potiphar. But Potiphar, he, you know, he likes the guy and he takes care of him. And everything's going well. Then he has another bad day. Potiphar's wife says, dude, he's hot. And so she goes, seduces him, wants to sleep with him. What does he do? He runs the other way, man. He gets out of the house immediately. What does she do? She gets mad because he wouldn't sleep with her. And he goes, she goes racing back to her husband, Potiphar, saying, he tried to seduce me and sleep with me. Then Potiphar believes her. That's what you're supposed to do with your wife. And he has him thrown in prison. Another bad day. Does he quit or does he move on? Does he continue on or does he quit? Bad day after bad day after bad day. Now he's in prison. He's been in prison for a number of years now. And there's, some, there's a cupbearer and there's a baker. They have these dreams, right? Remember that? 
They have these dreams, and they're in prison as well, and, and, and they wanted someone to interpret their dreams. So Joseph, I can interpret them. So Joseph interprets their dreams. He interprets the baker dream, and he said, listen, you're going to get out, but as soon as you get out, you're going to get killed. You're going to die. Then he t- interprets the cupbearer's dream and says, okay, you're going to get out, but you're going to be reinstated to your, your official position into the palace into, with King Pharaoh, and you're going to be reinstated back there. But here's the thing. When you do, will you please remember me and tell him about me whenever you're there? So, okay, it's looking like it's going to be a good day again. No, it's a bad day. Cupbearer forgets all about him for two more years. Doesn't tell Pharaoh nothing. Now he's t- two more years he has to stay in prison. <coughs> does he quit or does he move on? God still, did it change the dream? No, he's in the gap. He's just in the gap. Do you quit or do you move on? Did it change God's dream? No, God's dream for his life is still the same. Then one day Pharaoh does have a dream and he doesn't understand what it's all about. And this cupbearer hears about it. He said, oh, Pharaoh, there's a guy in the prison that interpreted my dream and he did it. It is exactly the way he interpreted it. It happened. Maybe he can interpret your dreams. Pharaoh said, oh, go get him. Bring him to me. And so what happens? From the, from the prison in one day to the palace, he goes and he interprets the dream. This is the good day. <laughs> finally, he finally gets a good day. And he, gets, he interprets the dream of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh promotes him and puts him second in command of all the entire nation of Egypt. Right there. Promoted. I'm telling you, you're going to have more bad days than you are good days. But remember, it took It took 13 years. He received his dream when he was 17, but it was not fulfilled and it did not become a reality till he was 30 years old. Now, here's really what happened. I think I put this up here. Joseph had twice as many give up moments than stay in the race moments. Amen. How many felt like that before? I feel like that all the time. I have a lot of get out of the race moments. I have a lot of give up moments. I, I, I face it all the time, but... Then stay in, those, stay in the race moments. But listen, it had not changed the dream for Joseph. And guess what, church? The dream has not changed in my heart that God has given me, and the dream hasn't changed in your heart that God has given you. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. No matter what happens, stay in that race because we know that all things will work together for the good of those that love him and is called according to his purpose. And it may not be our timing, but it will always, always work to our benefit. So number one, Joseph learned that just because the dream doesn't start out well, you don't give up. Number two, the second thing that he learned was after you receive the dream, you're going to have some bad days. It's just going to happen. But hang in there. Remember, you could understand you're just in the gap. The next time you're having a bad day, say, I'm in the gap. I'm just in the gap. Don't quit. I'm just in the gap, man. I'm just in the space. Hadn't happened yet. Either you're going to trust God or you're going to believe the dream that God has put in your heart or you're going to give up. Well, I'm just in the gap. Well, God promised I'm going to have a great marriage and it's not great. You're just in the gap. Just in the gap. You you don't give up. You don't throw in a towel. Why? Because God promised that God is going to bless your marriage, right? You don't. You're just in the gap. Amen. And so here's the last and final one that, that we can learn from Joseph. Never give up on your dream no matter how long it takes in order for it to become a reality. Don't give up. Don't give up. Remember, it took Joseph 13 years in the gap until it became a reality. I want you to listen to the powerful scripture of these words here in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 3, because this is where many of us are at today, right here. These things I plan won't happen right away. Get this. Not going to happen right away. Slowly, steadily, and surely... The time approaches when the what? The vision will be fulfilled. (laughs) If it seems slow, and I know none of your dreams are slow, 13 years to get the building, okay, God, I need the auditorium a little bit quicker than that. Come on, amen. You know why? It's going to be quicker than that. You know why? Because we're already in the momentum. The dreams are now being fulfilled. I believe, that, I believe we'll have two years. Two, well, I, something's going to happen within two years. This auditorium, I'm telling you, it's, I, I just feel my spirit. It's a dream. We will build an auditorium. I, I'm laying it out online. We will build an auditorium. We will build an auditorium. And man, that's a bold statement. Well, Pastor Gary, it's just a dream. Well, it hasn't happened yet. We're in the gap. We're still in the gap. Or do we give up? No. 
No, I'm not giving up because God spoke it. If God spoke it, then I'm going to believe it. Amen. But, but steadily and slowly, the vision will be fulfilled. Right? If it seems slow, do not despair. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. Now, that's hard, isn't it? Be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. It will come. It's going to happen, church. It's going to happen for you. You're just in the gap. Next time you and your wife are having a conversation, you and your husband are having a conversation, and things aren't working out, say, hey, man, we're just in the gap, honey. We're just in the gap, man. God promised. Did God promise us or not? Yes, he did. You're in the gap. Not a reality yet. Did, did or did not God give you the dream? I, I want you, I'm trying to, you know what I'm trying to get this in you? Well, I'm, my job is to encourage you while you're in the gap. You been in the gap before? Yeah. Are you probably in one now? Trying to figure out, what, okay, God, what we're supposed to do? All right. They've been in a gap trying to figure out, you know, what we need to do. I love this scripture in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. Amen. Joseph didn't give up, and I'm not going to give up, and you're not going to give up because we're just in the gap. Just in the gap. Just in the gap. I'm going to go back and change the whole name of this. To, I'm dreaming in the gap. I don't know. But just because a dream doesn't start off right, don't give up. And when you do receive the dream, remember, you're going to have some bad days, some tough days. And never give up, no matter how long it takes, because the dream has never changed. You're just in the gap. Now, let's talk about personally your dream now. What do we do? This is what Joseph was doing, and we can learn from that, but what are we going to do personally? Let's talk about this, because you're in the gap. If God's giving you a dream, I want you to think about it. What is a dream God has given? Maybe a dream just to heal your body, and you're in, you're in a gap, and God's promised he's going to heal you. You're in the gap. You don't quit. You don't give up. You're in a season. There's three things that we can do personally to keep the dream alive. Because the enemy, again, he's going to try to steal your dream. He's going to try to kill it. I can't tell you how many times God has tried to kill my dream. He has tried to kill it over and over and over and over. And you know the quickest way he'll kill it? Listening to the wrong voices. And God told me, he said, it's time you stop listening to voices, son, and get back to listening to my voice. You appreciate people, but look, look, there's only one voice I'm going to listen to moving forward, and that is the voice of the Holy Ghost. That is the voice of God Almighty. Because when I start listening to other voices, it's going to mess up the vision. It's going to mess up the dream. Because what happens is everybody has dreams. When God gives you a dream and a vision, even me as your pastor, I can't, I can't interfere with that vision or dream. So we have to be careful what we listen to. But here's what we need to do. Number one, recognize and value the process. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It, it's there to help us. So in other words, when God, or, or when something's happening to you, remember we shared this a few weeks ago, when something's happening to you, God's trying to do something in you. So always look at it that way because God works all things together for the good of those that love him. See, God doesn't, doesn't make the trouble. God doesn't cause the trouble, but God can take the trouble and use it for your good and use it to help you, to help you grow, to build your character. I remember when I was going through cancer. I remember when I went through that. That was probably the best season of my life of growing, of building the character. Because had I not gone through that season, I would probably not be your pastor here today. Because it was immediately after that is when God called me to do something great. God called me to plant this church. That's when God began to give me this vision. And, and you know, the worst thing that you could ever do with someone, I think I put this in my notes. The worst thing you could ever do to a person it's pull them out of a trial too early that God is using. And if God's using a trial to build a character in someone, don't pull them out of it. I see parents pull their kids out of all kinds of messes way too early. 
when God is trying to teach them something, and what happens is they pull them out of this prowl, and they try to protect them, and they never learn anything, and the cycle keeps repeating itself over and over and over, and they say, my child's terrible. We know why you keep pulling them out of the trials that God has them in. Leave them there. Leave them there. I had to be left there. I said, God, I want out of this pit. I don't want radiation hitting my body anymore. I don't want cancer patient treatments in my body anymore. But God says, no, 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 you stay there, son. I don't want to, Dad. No, you stay there because I'm building character in you, son. Because if you could go through this, you can go through anything. And God's got you right where he wants you. Yeah, we wiggle, we squirm. It doesn't feel good. I understand. I know that. But you're in that gap. Value that moment. Value that time. Don't look at it on the negative side. But God, don't say, why is this happening to me? But God, now what, God? How are you going to use this to change my life for your glory and your honor? First Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Just hang in there. Six months I had to go through that. Six months. But let me tell you something. I really truly believe that the reason why he says a little while is because that's being obedient. If a person's not going to be obedient in the trial, it's going to be a long while. Because he's not going to pull you out until you are ready to be pulled out. Until you're ready, until you're seasoned, until the character's ready. When you're ready to be able to understand what God's trying to do in you. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will, it will, <laughs> it, what, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Here's another one. Let's go to this one. James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. It's not to hurt you. It's to make you a better person. And I understand it's hard. I understand that you go through these seasons. But the more you complain about it, the longer you're going to stay there. I remember taking these treatments. I figured, oh, well, I'm going to be like Paul. If I'm going to be in prison... I'm going to at least use it for God's glory. I would go in those treatments. Well, remember, I would go into my treatments, and I was sitting there out in the waiting room, and there was a, I'm telling there was a, 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 a Cincinnati Bengals football player right there, had prostate cancer, having to do radiation treatments. He's probably, I don't know, big guy, huge. Here I am sitting next to him. He's sitting there crying. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my gosh, she's awful. What do you do, man? How do you do this? I said, dude, just suck it up. You're okay. Come on, be a man. It's okay. You, have a, you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay. Either you're going to trust him or not. I'm trusting him. Come on, man. I, I, let me pray for you right now. Well, you, you have cancer too. I said, no, I'm, I, it's, it's just temporary. Just let me pray for you. <laughs> I prayed for him. And now I'm in there on the table. I figured, you know what? Look, whatever, look, give and it should be given unto you. Whatever it is, if I need to be healed, then I'm going to find people that needs to be healed, and I'm going to pray for them during my season of sickness. If people can just get out, get to the place where they can get there, you can receive that healing. Because then God's, okay, you're ready now. Because it's not about you, it's about other people. And there was ladies, there was a young gal, she was radiating me, and I was on this treatment, the table, I should bring you the picture, I think I've sold it here before, I'm laying on that table, and they got microphones, okay, they could talk to you in this room, and, 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 and so I'm laying on this table, and they're like, Pastor Gary, my husband and I had a bad argument today, can I talk to you after your treatment today? <laughs> Prom- they did. And I couldn't talk because they stuck this thing in my mouth and I had to just sit there. I had this thing all wrapped on table. I go. I could move my hands. And I would go out there after I'm, I've been radiated and all that. And I'm talking, I'd say, God, in Jesus' name, touch her, bless her. But listen, 15, 16 years later, here we are. I have no clue where I'm going now. But anyway, recognize the value of the process. 
recognize the, and value the process. Because not to hurt you, it's to help you if you just look at it that way. The second thing we can learn is refuse to let offenses stop you. Oh, this is a biggie. Because while you're in this journey, you will be offended. You think Joseph was offended? Had offenses? Sure. I'm just going to say it. There are some people in life that's just called to destroy your life. Let you chomp on that a while. They have been called. They've been divinely called by the enemy to destroy your life. We laugh, but it, it happens. Has it ever happened to you yet? Oh, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, Lord, how in the world can this sweetness coming from this person be that evil? <laughs> right? But it happens. And let me prove it to you. You think I'm lying? Watch this scripture right here. Luke 17, verses 1. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's going to happen. You're going to be offended. And this is the number one thing why people leave the church. They get offended. See, what happens is they get their eyes off of God while they're coming to the house of God. They get their eyes on the people. They get offended and they leave. One, number one thing why, what destroys church, offenses. You know what? I've been offended so many times I should have been gone a long time ago. Well, <laughs> well they hurt my feelings. I'm going to quit. Oh, trust me. I get beat up all the time. I'm like, boy, I have to put the armor of God on every time I get up here. <laughs> Seriously, you will be offended. It's this process. And people are today, they're offended because they got their eyes off of why you're supposed to be here and they put more value on the people than they do God. Anytime you get people together, you're going to be offended. You're not going to agree eye to eye on every issue. It's not going to happen. But when you understand why you're here, God's put a dream in you to get closer to him, to grow in him, not to please everybody in the world, not to be friends with everybody in the world. Yeah, you're going to have friends, but some of my greatest friends, we've had little disagreements. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. But I, I've seen it totally destroy whole churches. But the enemies, I'm telling you, is going to use people to try to destroy your dreams, try to stop you. And the enemy tried to use Joseph's brothers as well. Remember that? They, they did everything in their power to kill their little brother for 13 years. Now, if you were him, how many of you would, how many, well, how many of you would just like to go kill them now? That's not what he did. But 13 years later, he's now second in command. And his brothers come to him, don't recognize who he is, because 13 years later, he's become a man now. Now, they don't, understand, they don't even know who he is, can't recognize him, and they're begging for their lives, because there's no food in the land, there's, it's a drought going on, everybody's dying around them. Joseph, right there, had an opportunity to revenge, to, to just go at them, but he didn't. He didn't let offenses stop the dream of God. He didn't worry about it. He loved them. He reached out to them because he looked at it. And he didn't say, God, why is this happening to me? He said, now what? How can you use this for your glory? Let me show you what he says to them. In Genesis 50, verses 20, this is the conversation. He looks at them in the eye 13 years later, second in command of Egypt. And this is what he tells his, his little brothers that tried to kill him, his big brothers. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He knew that he had to stay in the gap, and he knew that the dream never stopped. It was still the same dream that it was God gave him when he was 17, as it is that day, 13 years later, to do what? To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many, to save people's lives. I stayed in the gap and was obedient to do what God called me to do. And because of that, it is now a reality. I'm living in the dream and I'm doing what God has called me. And now thousands of people's lives are going to be saved because I stayed on the course and did not quit, did not give up, did not get offended just because my brothers did this to me. I stayed in the gap and I stayed the course. So recognize the process. Recognize the process. And number two, refuse to let offenses affect you and stop you. And here's the last final one, Pastor. Uh, Pastor. Pastor Wilma, come on. She is Pastor Wilma. We honor her. She's my wife. Amen. She's just as much pastor as I am. Because God doesn't call one, he calls us both. See, now you're seeing how blessed I am. 
we just hide her a little secret, all the stuff she's talented at. <laughs> Trust me, we, I didn't start this dream alone. I started it with her. Hear this beautiful keyboard? That's what it sounded like when we first started the church. She's even got prettier over time. I love her. Proud of her. She remembers exactly what I've been talking about the whole time because we've been there. Everything I'm saying is her. We've done this together. We've lived in the gap for a long time, and we're still in the gap. And we're going to remain in the gap because his mercies are always going to be new and fresh every morning. You don't always just achieve overnight. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening. But you don't quit. You don't give up. And here's the last and final one. Remember, God is always, always, always with you. I, I can promise you this. I have never felt alone. The whole journey, the whole 13 years that we have been here pastoring this church, I have never felt alone. Because I know that my God has been with me the whole journey. The God who gave me the dream was right by my side saying, Come on, son. You're going to get offended. You're going to have bad days. Yeah, you're going to want to quit, but don't quit. You're just in the gap, man. You're just in the gap, son. Keep moving. Keep going. But remember, he's always with you. He was with Joseph even when he was sold into slavery. Let me show you here. In, in, in uh, Genesis 39, verses 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And by the way, do you know you could prosper while you're in the gap? Even though you're going through bad seasons, you're still going to prosper. Why? Because you're being obedient. You're doing what God's telling you to do. He will continue to prosper you even in that gap. You will prosper while you're there. He even, he even was with him when he was in the prison. Let's go. Genesis 39, 21. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And God is with you and God is with me. Let me show you here in Psalms. Psalms 139, verses 8 and 10. If I go up to the heavens... You're there, God. Why? Because God's an omnipresent God. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, God. You're there with me, God. Your right hand will hold me fast. Jeremiah 1 and 19 says they will fight against you, but will not overcome you. This is the bad days, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Just remember, no, God gave me this vision. God gave me this dream and he's going to protect me while I'm in the gap. And he's going to be with me while I'm in this gap. Here's Jesus' own words to remind us how much he loves us and he's going to be there in Matthew 28, 20. And surely I'm with you always. I'm never going to leave you. To the very end of the age. If we're going to keep our dream alive, remember that just because it doesn't start well, just because it doesn't start well, you don't give up. And also remember that after you receive it, you're going to go through some tough seasons. You're going to go through some tough days. It's not, going to, it's not just going to be just a bed of roses, but he's going to be with you. Never give up, no matter how long it's ever going to take. You don't give up. Just remember that God gave you this dream, God gave you the vision, and he would not give you that vision and dream had he not wanted you to quit. He doesn't want you to quit. He's going to stay in the race. So what do we do? We recognize and we value the process. Value it. Don't get mad at it, but value it. Say, thank you, God. This is a season where, God, you are stretching me, where you're molding me, where you're making me who I need to be in you, God. Amen. And, and the secondly is refuse. Refuse to let offenses affect you, to make you quit. You're going to be offended. It's going to happen. But no, no, no. If God is for me, then who can be against me? And remember that God, God, God is always, always, always with you, no matter what. To the end of the age, he will be with you, church. So what is my job? Encourage you while you're now in the gap. So next time you say, I'm going through, you're in a gap. In the gap. Stay the course. Stay the course. Come on, praise team. I'm getting lonely. Woman's getting lonely. Let's all come up here. Let's, let's prepare to worship. Amen. Let's prepare to worship the Lord. 
Will you stand with me this morning? Let's all stand all over the place this morning. And I'm going to ask you again, has God given you a dream? Then don't quit. If God gave you that dream, don't quit. What is it that God has given you? What vision has God given you? You ought to know what it is. What is that vision that God is giving you? Stay in the gap. Stay there. Don't quit. Don't give up. Because in due season, in due time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Stay in the gap. Stay there. And it's a process. How many of you feels like you're in the gap? Are you there and you're in that space? That's where we live. We learn to live in the space. That's just part of our Christian walk with the Lord. And all of a sudden, in one day, a dream will become a reality. And then guess what? God will give you another dream. He'll add dreams on top of that dream. He'll add visions on top of that visions. It's never going to stop. You know why? Because you are his child, and he loves you, and he's called you to do greatness for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for this word. And God, I pray that, God, there may be some people frustrated and they need us to pray for them right now while they're in this gap zone. Because, God, I've been there and I needed prayer. And, God, as brothers and sisters, we're going to pray for them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to build them up, God. We're going to be their cheerleaders, God. And I pray that, Father, that, that, that you would just do a work right now. God, you're working in us right now. You're working in someone. And I pray that, God, that they'll step out and say, man, Man, I really need prayer right now. I'm in a tough season, and I really need my family to encourage me while I'm in this space. Because I know, I know that God has called me. I know that God has shown me to do this. I know that God has a plan for my life. I know that God wants to heal my body. I know that God wants to heal my marriage, Father. And I pray that God, that God, that you will show up and begin to bless your people this morning, God. Begin to give them exactly what they need, God. In Jesus' mighty name.